all language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue. We would be honored if you would join us. How are you feeling? Your latest workups on your condition indicate that all damage has been reversed. Recovery is total. I believe you have been quite fortunate. No further thanks are necessary, Commander, but you are most welcome. It is my function and pleasure as a medical droid to help and heal human beings. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Welcome, everyone. Star Wars from the back to tank. The Clone Wars edition. I am Michael. Hi. And I'm in the studio with David. Hello, Dave. Hello. How's it going, everyone? All right. So you and I are going to be talking about the Clone Wars episode, season seven, episode seven, Dangerous Debt. All right. So here we go again for round three of Ahsoka. Trace and Rafa. And I gotta be honest with you, Dave. I'm a little a little over it now. I'm done. <laughs> you're getting worn you're getting worn out on it. You stirred the pot, you posed those questions, rinse, repeat, and here we are again. They're essentially doing the exact same things. Now I'm not saying it didn't work in this episode. The episode itself is written fine, but uh, come on, shit or get off the pot. Well, see, that's the thing though. I honestly feel the opposite. I'm happy that we're having this slow burn because but a slow burn has to amount to something, Dave, because we had like it's a 22 minute episode and yeah. we had 18 minutes of kind of the same thing we've seen for the past previous two episodes because we have to emphasize Ahsoka's journey at this point. Yeah, but we've we point proven. We get it. We get it. <laughs> I, I, it's, if we keep seeing if we see all different things been okay but we're kind of seeing the same thing now just different scenarios but the same idea so i'm hoping we move past that and i know we got a uh, a glimpse of the bigger story towards the end of the episode and that was definitely that was cool. a positive yeah so this episode was written by or directed by saul reese and bosco ning and directed by dave filoni and jesus written by dave filoni and <laughs> charles murrah uh, the synopsis, Ahsoka, Trace, and Rafa attempt to escape their imprisonment by the Pike Syndicate. The Martez sisters reveal that their parents were killed accidentally by the Jedi as they apprehend Zero the Hut. Ahsoka continues to hide her use of the Force, and three members of Death Watch catch sight of her. Ahsoka and the Martez sisters end up recaptured by the Pikes. All right, so despite feeling like it's time to move on or to move forward, the episode was not a bad episode of The Clone Wars. I don't think it was a bad episode. I think it honestly was a good episode. Yes, it was. I agree. It was a good episode. It's just starting to feel a bit more like we're trying to buy time here. It feels redundant to you. Right. And we had the moment pertaining to collateral damage and its Mm -hmm. connection to the Jedi. That was a huge plus for me this week. Oh yeah. That, uh, that moment I think is going to play a very crucial role. in not only Ahsoka, Ahsoka story, but I think it's going to lead 
do something big to Anakin's story. I agree. And cause, because the writers are really stoked in that fire. They keep going they back are. to that. And for this not to pay off in some way for Ahsoka's end game, her resolve that we have never quite seen. We've all just assumed, hey, she walked away from the Jedi Order and that's how it ends. But we don't really see the in-between, the middle. Like, why does she choose to stick with that? Why does she choose not to ever return, especially after the fall of the Jedi? Well, this could be the very story that we're seeing. Yes. And I love it. It was my favorite element of the episode, the whole collateral damage aspect. And just to kind of put some people's issues to rest here this isn't about demonizing the jedi this isn't this is not what they're trying to do they're not trying to say that jedi are bad but it is about how far they've strayed from their original purpose as jedi yes as a whole the jedi care about people they do but they are consumed with this war that they have allowed themselves to stray from what their original purpose was. Mm-hmm. Moments like this, though, Dave, always makes me appreciate the first six films that much more because that was the point of Palpatine's plan. It was about smearing the Jedi. He was fighting a war on so many different levels the Grand Puppeteer, the Phantom Menace, the villain of all villains. Palpatine is one of the greatest villains of all time. Because he's the greatest manipulator. Yes. I mean, straight war, the obvious way to defeat your enemy will always lead to questions. Meaning, the winning side will never have the complete loyalty of people. There's going to be questions. Well, why did you go to war with these people? What were they doing? Were Were you trying to hide something? Were you trying to silence individuals? But if you smear the other side, Force them into a corner and make sure everyone watches them react. Oh, look, look what they're doing. Look what they're doing. The Jedi are trying to take over. Just like Palpatine said in Revenge of the Sith. Well, then you've won the real war. Yes. And that's why I love that moment about collateral damage. Look how the Jedi are are being viewed by the average people. The Jedi as a whole are... Are good people pure hearts they want the best for the galaxy but they are so consumed with this war that they were forced into that they're now looking like the problem because rather I, than the fix and i love the take of a, a classic star wars saying like may the force be with you and getting it turned on its head making it sound like making it sound like they're our just, thoughts and prayers are with you exactly that's what they were trying to say and dude like, it's good and like That moment when she says, she just pat me on the shoulder and said, we're sorry, the force will be with you, and then leaves. If you think about it, as Star Wars fans, we go, well, that's that's the proper way a Jedi should should act. Yes, that is the proper way of a Jedi should act. But when you actually think about it, it's the most unsympathetic. It's like almost... it's almost inhumane to do that. Just well, to look at someone and say, hey, just like what you said, sorry, our condolences and prayers are with you. Yeah, it's a bit detached. It's detached. Yeah. And, and, and it goes with the, the whole adage that 
what do the Jedi constantly say? No attachments, no showing of feeling, no showing of uh, love, compassion. You don't show those things and don't build those bonds with people. And this is what happens. People look at you and say, you're just, you're just saying that just because, because we all know that basically the Jedi don't feel they're not supposed to. Well, no, they're supposed to have compassion and care. They just can't have attachments. Attachments. Yeah. I mean, isn't that Anakin's justification when he was trying to fuck Padme? (laughs) Remember he said that? (laughs) (laughs) That that, kind of is true. Yeah. (laughs) So the message and the statement behind this episode was was great. Yes. I mean, to hear Rafa talk about how their parents died, it was definitely a powerful statement. And then, towards the end of the episode, enter screen right, the Mandalorians, which I did not expect to get in this episode. But now it makes sense. It does. And it seems like we finally got our connection to the bigger story, right? Because we yes. all know this ends with the siege of Mandalore, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is and that not what Filoni had said at Star Wars Celebration? Mm-hmm. And it has to lead to a reasoning why Ahsoka returns. Because remember, everyone basically says, oh, she returns to help Anakin again. Right. That doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. When, in, the, in, in the story, when you think about it from where Ahsoka got left off, prior to the beginning of this season. And then when we get to her in rebels, it doesn't, that that would not make sense why she would return, uh, return to Anakin just for Anakin. Right. No, there's another reason why she's at this war. And, you know, just like what you said, enter screen, right? The Mandalorians come in. I got a little excited. I did too. Now there's a bunch of blogs being posted today. And I started laughing because it makes me feel like such a, a pretentious Star Wars know-it-all because they're like, oh, look at, oh, look at the battle. This is how she's going to make it into Mandalorian season two because the Mandalorians are in it. And I'm like, have you guys not watched any of the Clone Wars? And yet you're re- <laughs> and yet you're reporting on a TV show that hasn't been shot yet. And I'm like, you are like, this is no, it's like they're talking with with no knowledge. Yes. If they had watched the previous seasons of the Clone, Clone Wars, Wars it they would make sense. It would make sense. But no, they're drawing conclusions or drawing connections to the Mandalorian season two because all they saw was Mandalorians because they've never watched the Clone Wars. But then they're posting blogs so they can get their clicks. Yeah. Yeah. I just I was like, come on, guys, do better. Do better. Do better reporting. It's something that basically I think me and you have always harped on is like we wish that certain fan journalism would be taken better care of. Yeah, but we're also asking people to be better journalists when it comes to (laughs) fake things. Fake things. So, I mean, yeah. All right. So, Dave, this is going to lead to the bigger story. We know this. Yes. What do you know of these particular Mandalorians? Are they... The Death Watch? That's what it seems like. That uh, I would not be surprised if we get appearances by, I think it's, I want to say her name is Kreeze. It's K-R-Y-T-Z-E. Yeah. And I think she's one of the three. Part of me says that because her voice sounded very familiar. Um when you hear the three Mandalorians talk and it would make sense because 
in past Clone Wars, she was the last one standing to kind of be part of the leadership. The one that I believe Obi-Wan handed the Darksaber to, I think, after uh, Maul left Mandalore. Right. And he left her in charge. So it makes sense that one of those three was her. Yeah, and if we're messing up, we're in an area of complete mystery. These are just things. This isn't because we haven't done our due diligence as Star Wars fans. This is because we're in new territory right now. We're in new territory. I mean, it could be something completely different. It could be a completely different character. But the fact that she actually said, hey, that Jedi looks familiar and... Uh, well, it's a callback to a previous a callback season, to a right? Yeah. season. And like, that's why I was like going, I think that's Kree's. If it, and it would make sense that she would enlist Ahsoka's help. Yeah. Now, according to this article here, Clone Wars Season 7 brings back major Mandalorian character from Rebels. Star Wars The Clone Wars Season 7 doesn't just bring back Bo-Katan. It also brings back another Mandalorian character from Star Wars Rebels. Star Wars The Clone Wars Season 7 doesn't just bring back Bo-Katan. Chris, which is the character you were talking about, which is um, Starbuck, right? Um, yes. Her name? Uh, oh, my God. can't remember her name. That's all right. Uh, uh, Bo-Katan, leader of the Night Owls. It also brings back another Mandalorian character from the Star Wars Rebels, Ursa Wren. Uh, Mandalore has a large role to play in the Clone Wars Season 7 with upcoming episodes expected to cover the Siege of Mandalorian, an event wherein Ahsoka and Captain Rex fight alongside Bo-Katan and the Mandalorian Resistance to oust Maul. Previously on the Clone Wars, Maul took control of Mandalore by allying his crime syndicate, the Shadow Collective, with the terrorist organization Death Watch, of which Bo-Katan is a member after removing Duchess Satine, Chris, who is also Bo-Katan's sister from power, Maul challenged Death Watch his leader, Prez Previsla, which we Previsla, all know about that, yeah. uh, to a duel to decide who would rule Mandalore in her place. The former Sith defeated and killed Vizsla, and as a result, claimed for him the Dark Saber. All of this is getting meshed together. We're seeing worlds collide as we move forward into uncharted territory between Rebels the Clone Wars, and of course, by default, the Mandalorian. And this is something that we've all been thinking that this is what's going to do. It's going to fill in the gaps and explain things that we were all wondering what was going on behind the scenes in Rebels with Ahsoka, especially with her connection when she ran into Rex and when she dealt with helping the Mandalorians and everything it seemed like there was more that wasn't shown at that time. But now with Clone Wars season seven, we're going to be getting those answers. The one thing that I'm really excited about though, is like, while everyone's talking about the connections to man, the Mandalorian war and, and the civil war that, that leads and in, leads into rebels. For me, the Soka storyline right now is adding more depth to the story that we all saw between her and Anakin and Darth Vader in the final duel. The one thing that basically where from, she dies, but doesn't die. Well, yeah, but the, <laughs> we still don't know how she got out of that one. But where we do Ezra <laughs> saved her from the gate in the gateway. Remember? Well, no, I mean like the, 
we still don't know like the whole point of her going into that temple because remember the last image we see besides Ezra pulling her out, we know that that's how he say how she got saved. But the image of her quote unquote spirit going into the temple seemed like a really important thing that, that was going to be explained. We were all going to say that that was going to be an important moment. Why did she go down into the temple? You mean where Vader was at? Yeah. Wasn't she going to like stop Vader because she felt like it was her responsibility and she wasn't going to leave him again? I'm talking about afterwards. Afterwards. I don't remember. Yeah. It's one of those, it's one of the moments that basically Baloney constantly gets asked about if he's ever going to explain, okay, you, we all know that Ahsoka got saved by Ezra, but Ahsoka went searching down into that temple for something. And Filoni has stated in past interviews that yes, she went back to the temple. She went back down there to find something. I, I don't remember that. Yeah. I remember she said that. See, now you got to watch rebels again. Yeah. I don't remember. <laughs> I mean, that was a great episode. It was a fantastic episode, but I just, but I don't remember just too much star Wars lately, I guess. The, the, but going back to like what I was saying is like, not only are we getting like filling the gaps of, Ahsoka's tied to the Mandalorians and tied to the the story in Rebels with the Civil War. But we're getting also more, I don't know if you'd call it character development or more emotional impact with the story between what happened between her and Anakin when Anakin was Darth Vader. The whole the whole thing that keeps popping in my head during, especially in this this particular episode, is when ah- Ahsoka looks at Anakin and says, I will not leave you again. We all assume that basically that was because of season six when she leaves, you know, the Jedi temple. Right. But now was uh, uh, with clone wars. We know that she go, we go, she, she again fights side by side with Anakin by the end, by towards this in this season. I think that she's actually, when she said that in Rebels, she's alluding to something that happened at the end of this coming season. Sure. I'm sure there will be some deeper connection. All of this has been planned. It's all been planned. And even if Filoni never had thought he would complete season seven, I'm sure he had a journal of notes before and he and reviewed them and before we, he even started writing the episodes of rebels where Ahsoka would eventually appear. And, and we always made uh, all fans everywhere always made fun of Filoni because Filoni said he had all the answers, but he just didn't want to share them. But now we're actually seeing that no, everything he's been saying is true. He does have all the answers and they're all being, he's been given that opportunity now to show us all. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it, man. Uh, let's move into our final thoughts. Uh, you want to start? Final thoughts on this episode. I know it wasn't, uh, for you, it felt redundant. For me, I really like the emotional beats. I enjoy the fact that we're getting, like, for me, this slow burn on Ahsoka's story. Because by the end of this, we have to be left with that with that knowledge that this story of Ahsoka's come season seven is a tragedy. It's going to be a tragedy because it has to follow in line with rebels. And we know rebels that kind of started off with a tragedy because Ahsoka realizes, Holy shit, Darth Vader's Anakin. This is my fault. 
with the, especially with this episode, her being shown what all the Jedi's are missing just for me makes her so conflicted now because like she wants to do the right thing. But guess what? If she does do the right thing, she's probably going to end up hurting Anakin and probably a bunch of other Jedi that she she's grown almost kind of like a family with. Yeah. Well, I said last episode that when you're a part of the system, you don't always see the cracks. And now that she's not a part of the system and she's below the system looking up, she's now able to see what the underprivileged see everyone else sees and that's gonna help mold her into a a different woman a different person and she's gonna make decisions based on politics so it's definitely interesting to see all and then with so with the score i'm my score for this episode is 88 i gave it an 88 I like this episode. It was well paced. I like the elements that they're introducing. The sisters are are, are growing on me. They really are. I'm I'm really interested in what's going to happen with these. Characters. If Rafa was a real woman, I'd probably be into her. <laughs> you know, she's got the shaved head. She's got that whole alternative look. She's she's kind she's of Hispanic. roguish. She's roguish. Yeah. You don't know if she's going to slap you or make love to you. Right. She's definitely my type. <laughs> you can definitely see us having um little Rafas together. <laughs> little Rafas. <laughs> Stupid. So an eighty eight. Eighty eight. Okay. I'm gonna give this episode an eighty four percent. It's not a bad episode. Um they were able to really flesh out some new ideas. It's just a matter of minutes or let's say seconds that's classic Filoni the guy knows how to write um never complain I'll never complain about the writing but there were some issues and if we didn't get that bit about collateral damage this episode probably would have been rated much lower oh because I want you to go through this with me briefly here Dave The episode starts out with them breaking out of prison. They run around the entire city so that we can get the introduction of the Mandalorians. So we sit there, we watch them run for 15, 16 minutes so that they can end up back in the jail. That's not great. And when you look at how they did it, they only did that so they can introduce the Mandalorian. That's kind of weak. So it's not a great episode. It's it's not horrible, but three episodes now we're dealing with kind of the same scenarios. So we definitely need to move forward. And I think there is light at the end of the tunnel there because of how or what we saw at the towards the end of the episode with the Mandalorians. I think we are going to be moving into the bigger picture. Yeah. So. All right, well, that concludes our discussion on Season 7 Clone Wars, Episode 7. I want to thank everybody for listening. And also, don't forget, you can find us on Patreon. Head over to patreon.com slash Digital and pledge $3 or more a month and gain access to additional Star Wars discussions. We have a plethora of content planned for April. Comic books, books, uh, these are all things that we do on our Patreon feed as well as our regular feed. 
uh, Mondays, Wednesdays. Those are our regular days for free content. And then Fridays is our Patreon exclusive shows. So head over to patreon.com slash Rayman Digital and pledge. Thank you, David. Thank you. May the force be with us. Ah, yes. <laughs>